You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Chatting to Colin Coleman last night, he mentioned that we need to become much more dynamic and entrepreneurial in South Africa if we are to stand any chance to turn the tide against low growth and record unemployment holding this country back from reaching its full potential. But often, entrepreneurs who have innovative ideas and the requisite skills to build a business are left unsupported, especially young black founders as they don't have access to generational knowledge and wealth for obvious historical reasons in the South African context. And there is a lack of capital in the seed investment stage uh, and if this can be turned around it will ultimately drive uh, technology advancements job creation and economic growth desperately needed in uh, South Africa and indeed Africa now Digital Africa Ventures was founded by Tendeka Kaba and her business partner Nankololeko Komonyane and it's one of a handful of black female led venture capital funds uh, with the founder principals under the age of 35 and they've recently raised over 25 million rand. A really good news story. Tandeka Nankululeko, welcome to the show. And I think uh, no mean feat in the context of South Africa and the African startup environment to have achieved that. Tandeka, maybe you could just kick us off. Tell us a little bit more about Digital Africa Ventures and what it is that you do. Sure, Michael. Um, Thanks so much for for having us on your show today. Um, So Digital Africa Ventures is essentially a venture capital fund. So what we do is we try to identify entrepreneurs at the very early stage. So I know you hear stories of people starting things in their garage, um, in their backyards. So we are those people who are looking for talented, high potential entrepreneurs who cannot necessarily access um, capital or risk capital that can support them at that stage. So we focus particularly um, on the digital technology sector, particularly because we believe that Digital technology uh, is scalable, but also that um, it's you know one of the the tools that people across the LSM uh, levels have access to, um, and so it can help bridge income mm. inequality. So we're a venture capital fund. We invest in digital technology startups, and we invest between two to five million rand in these businesses, um, and then we also support the businesses after investment. So through access to our networks. Um, through kind of team um, dynamics and team building. So we're not only an investor that puts in capital, but we also try to walk the journey with entrepreneurs as well. It's so much more than just the capital. It is that knowledge. It is the networks. And then the funding almost comes uh, after that. Uh, And Nonkololeko, just to bring you in here, uh, have you seen potentially COVID de-risk the tech aspect of what you do? Because prior to COVID, tech investments uh, were tended to be fairly risky, uh, but we've seen that technology is no longer uh, a nice to have. It's an absolute essential in uh, this post-COVID world. Afternoon, Michael. Thank you so much for having us, um, as Tanya has mentioned. Um, actually, that that is a bit true. So COVID um, did one thing, was to assist businesses that were thriving um, to access customers that were able to utilize the, the technology solution. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you're aware when we spoke about technology, it was largely a PowerPoint presentation uh, for 2025. And what COVID did was to accelerate the adoption mm. of technology and forced businesses, particularly the traditional businesses, to quickly innovate. Um, you know, So I think that was the one thing that we saw and the uptake of technology increased um, far more than it would have uh, on a natural growth scale. 
So it did um, have a positive impact. The negative impact, however, is that people who were only starting um, and getting going, unfortunately, were not able to thrive or to grow Mm. their businesses. Because like us and other VCs in the space, we actually had to slow down and see how the market was responding to these technologies and to really assess which industries did we want to participate in and which industries would make the biggest impact. And when we talk about impact, uh, Tandeka, yesterday I had the good pleasure of uh, chatting to the founders or one of the founders of WizPass. They've successfully exited uh, to uh, an international acquirer, but we don't see enough of those stories in the South African ecosystem. What more can be done by the ecosystem partners and all of the stakeholders to support the growth of tech startups in South Africa? I think one of the standout gaps currently in the early stage technology ecosystem is um, philanthropic capital as well as patient capital that Mm. identifies and supports entrepreneurs or at least people with entrepreneurial potential from a very young age. Um, And so the Alan Gray Orbis Foundation is one of those vehicles currently where there's a a significant amount of philanthropic capital that's been invested in um, young people who portray uh, entrepreneurial potential from the age of 15. So They've kind of got this engine that's identifying and investing in young people and also encouraging them to start businesses and take risks and fail um, and, and, you know, dust themselves off from a very young age. Um, So that almost feeds into the engine, um, you know, at the stage that we're at, where we are then coming with bigger ticket sizes and then can actually support businesses in a in a more sustainable way. But we definitely do need that a healthy pipeline of um, young entrepreneurs who are being supported along the journey. Absolutely. And we'll come back to that, Tandeka, because you are an Alan Gray uh, Orbis Foundation fellow. Nonkululeko, just take us through this achievement of closing a 25 million rand funding deal last year and what you've done with that funding since. Yeah, definitely. I think it was an, a great experience, um, a challenging experience, um, because as you know, VC in South Africa is quite a nascent um, mm. sector and, and it's one that's growing, um, but it's also fragmented. So I think one of the notable um, achievements is that we've been able to collaborate with a lot of the big guys that have been in the space for, for years um, and they are adding tremendous value. So if we ever get stuck or need advice, um, you know, they're always ready to help and we're forever grateful to, to them. Um, and I think it's also worth mentioning our investors, um, SSME Fund, PAID Funds and E-Squared. Um, they have been great collaborative partners um, they've also given us, you know, mentorship and guidance. So we haven't worked, walked the journey alone. I think that has to be clear. Um, it's not possible to do this and not have uh, a strong network of, of supporters, partners and investors. And we've been fortunate to realize that. What we've been able to do, um, we close our first transaction on the 31st of March uh, into a tech logistics platform called Triplo. Um, it's founded by Victor, a young dynamic entrepreneur, um, and we, we're grateful that he he valued us as a partner um, and didn't just look at the capital because I think we've tried to add more strategic um, support in that business and really assist him in driving um, sales and growth of, of the company. Um, so maybe to give you some context, Triplo is a logistics tech platform. 
they facilitate the efficient um, fulfillment of loads throughout SADC. So that is also, in, in <laughs> if you think about it, an industry that's largely fra- fragmented. Yeah. It doesn't allow for young or smaller transporters to really participate in the value chain. And this is what the technology platform is aiming to do. So it really speaks to the core of our investment thesis and the types of businesses that we want to support and grow um, throughout the African continent and globally. And uh, Tundeka, to bring you in, uh, you know, obviously there are very few black woman-led venture capital funds out there. So do you ever find, and I hate asking this question because you're professionals off your own bat um, and the fact that uh, you're black and female is secondary. But do you find that this becomes a bit of an issue or a tag or a label even? Tell us about the, the journey of breaking into this industry. Yeah, so that's a funny one. Um, so we always joke that um, we we don't have to say we're black and, and woman owned because when you look at us, it's kind of written. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> at least there's something that's confusing about the way we look. Um, but we are very proudly black and female. Um, and we really do kind of, um, we embrace our differences in this industry and we actually think it's a competitive advantage that we're coming into the space and one of the only people mm. who look um, like us sound like us and have you know diversity in backgrounds that we do um, we think it actually gives us a competitive edge in the industry in the sense that we are uh, looking at investments through a lens that hasn't necessarily existed um, in the ecosystem and that we're able to um, relate to entrepreneurs who potentially previously didn't actually um, have the same social context and background as mm-hmm. other investors um, in the space. Um, obviously, it comes with its challenges, um, and we we're all aware of all the isms that that exists out there. And um, I think for for us, what what we try work um, on as a team and what we were trying to encourage the ecosystem to do is really just to do the work to identify. Um, the biases that are inherent in all of us because we all have them. Um, but I think we'll start to see real change when we can all kind of look at ourselves and um, identify our biases and then navigate the investment space knowing that we are probably inclined to make decisions based on these biases and challenge yeah. and challenge um, that, you know, that part of us that, that leads with that, that lens. So. It's a huge competitive oh, yeah. advantage, and uh, I, I love uh, the, the way you're framing that uh, be, because uh, it is uh, conceptually in South Africa something that we are discussing a whole lot more. And I even look at where uh, America finds itself right now, and I think we're, we're having a far more mature and nuanced conversation about many of these issues. So uh, fantastic uh, to see you um, taking the, the picking up the mantle so eagerly, so to speak. Uh, just lastly, on Kulaleka, for aspiring entrepreneurs out there, any advice that you'd give them now at this particular stage when uh, I know things are gloomy, I know the economy now going into a, another lockdown has got people um, a, a little bit depressed about where we find ourselves, that slow vaccine rollout. Often, though, when I chat to entrepreneurs, they have a different view on things. They, they see resources as a little bit cheaper because things are economically depressed. How do you view the entrepreneurial opportunity in South Africa right now? That's an interesting question. Um, and I think... I've seen and heard a lot from ecosystem partners that this is a time when true entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial businesses are actually born. So entrepreneurs have the ability to identify opportunities 
um, you know, in, in the in the chaos of all the problems that we are facing. Um, so one of the things I'd, I'd say to anyone looking to start an entrepreneurial business is, firstly, be sober-minded. It's, it's not an overnight achievement or success. It will require a lot of time and commitment. It does come with sacrifices. So have that at the fore of, of, of whatever they're doing. But then also understand that, you know, it takes one person to start to create jobs for hundreds of people. And as long as you are innovating with a clear problem in mind that your solution is addressing, mm. you will get the customers, you will get the funding. But I guess where the the underlying theme is that you need to get started. You know, you can't talk about being an entrepreneur. You need to get your hands dirty. Um, and it's not going to be a fun ride. It is going to be difficult. You're going to hear no more frequently than you hear yes. But the times that you hear the yes, those are the times that actually allow you to continue to grow and build upon the business that, that you have. So I think that for me would be my advice to entrepreneurs. Get started, be realistic, solve a real problem, and also communicate to other entrepreneurs around you um, because you're yeah. typically all solving similar problems and you have better luck of completing your business or your, your business objectives if you work together mm-hmm. as opposed to working in a silo. You know, having more creative minds is always always beneficial. And I think it's a great point uh, you make there. We, we often glamorize it in the financial press, the entrepreneur, the big exit, but we don't look at the failures, the no's, uh, how long it's taken to get there, the strained relationships, the late nights, the, the personal journey that entrepreneurship is, but also must be one of the most rewarding uh, pursuits in life to be able to create something, to build, to leave legacy and to contribute so positively in a country so desperately looking for a positive contribution. Thank you both, Nonkululeko Komonyane and uh, your founding partner, Tandeka Kaba uh, of Digital Africa Ventures, blazing a trail for uh, women in venture capital.